This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. A lot of trash talking in the Knicks-Hawks series. Nets about to move on. We got baseball going. Bruin and I will go in a minute. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also via Twitter at hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian Mungia, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, I'm just sitting here wondering how the Yankees are going to lose this one. Gordon, what? What? Wait a minute. Why are you so down? Why am I so down? Because, look, Larry, have you been paying attention? I know we haven't done a show together in a while, but. Gordon, but tonight, Gordon, you were down to nothing. Yeah. I thought they were going to choke. They fought back. Yeah, they, they, they got a 3-2 lead. They were 2-2. They had a 3-2 lead. It was quick-lived. Yes. Like if you went, if you went and, and got like a little something to drink or a little snack, when you came back, the 3-2 lead was gone. Yes, but they're still in it. They are still in it, but I'm just still about, I'm just trying to you know I I like sometimes putting a little money on the road team to win a game a that could very well go extra innings, and I want to see you know in game betting on the Rays. The Rays are actually the favorites in this game. Wait 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 wait. Yeah yeah they're, they're Jake the, they, Brian look, look, Jake Brian help me out. Did you promo code Gordon? Yeah. Tampa? I'm, I was, I was, I didn't do anything because I already won. Oh, okay, tonight. okay, okay. But at, at last check, Rays right now. If you were to bet a hundred bucks, say I'm not going to bet a hundred bucks. Let's say ten bucks. Ten yes. bucks on the Rays in the yes. game right this second. Yes. you would win seven dollars and fifty cents. Which Ooh, means that you changing. expect them to win in the, in extra innings, <laughs> right? Uh, if the Yankees, you would win uh, about almost nine dollars. So, wow. yeah, the Yankees are actually underdogs at home against the Rays. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, Larry. But it is the Rays, and, and let's face it, it's a team that the Yankees have struggled with the past couple of years. <laughs> that Just list of teams is growing, Larry. That it list is. of teams. You know, when you it get is. swept, if you go and beat the Tigers two out of three, yeah, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you get maybe a little bit of a pass. When you go to Detroit and lose – to three in a row to the worst yep. team or one of the worst teams in the American League, yep. uh, it's kind of hard to uh, then expect to get any uh, benefit of the doubt, especially when you know the, the you just don't beat the Rays all that often. Now we'll, we'll talk Knicks and you know other stuff, but and I really wanted to wait till the end of the game to really get into the Yankees, but <laughs> I'm going to do this to you, Gordon. I'm going to do this, Gordon. I'm going to do this way, Gordon. Um, I submit that. Gary Sanchez. Oh my God! Should not be allowed. They should have a designated runner for him. He should not be allowed to be on the bases. Remember earlier this year where Glaber Torres had that? I can't remember who they were playing, but he had a ball and he didn't run it out. Yes, and it was like a big deal for like a day or so. Yep. What Gary Sanchez did tonight to me is significantly worse. You know, uh, on the on the broadcast, John Flaherty was mentioning, you know, even at the low level of the minor leagues, they teach you, you know, you're on second base, ball hit in front of you, you don't go. I'm sitting on my couch. I've never played in the minor leagues. I played little league. And I knew you don't run when the ball is hit in front of you like that. And yet another run 
another runner on the base paths thrown out for the Yankees. It's, it's like a nightly occurrence. And um, tonight, we, if, if you were starting it, you know, days, consecutive days with making a run, uh, an out on the base paths for the Yankees, you can, you know, scratch out whatever number was there and you can put a big fat zero once again because it seems like a very common occurrence. That and hitting into double plays. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the word troubling. It's, in the words of a former Yankee manager, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. Boys, he got some problems. It's not what he wants either. <laughs> so he's going down in Philly. Oh, it's not what he wants either. So the Yankees still batting. Bottom of the ninth. Uh, tied at three. Uh, Brett Gardner at bat. So, uh, you know. Three -oh, three -oh <laughs> Top count. of the 10th coming up straight away. Yeah, he's got to walk. All right, so we got a runner on base. Right. There we go. There you go. There we go. See, it's to start something big, my oh, friend. Start, start something, something big. big. Yep, this is where it starts, Larry. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, very quickly, I'll just say, the Mets have been fortunate that they have come up against teams who are struggling in the schedule. And while they have a bunch of injuries, some people coming back, you know, like Alonzo's back in the lineup, they've been able to string some wins together. So for me, I have no... I have no issue with the way my team is going right now. No. You, how I'm could happy. you, right? You, you got the, the best pitcher in baseball back on the mound last night. Yep. Uh, and, and while you're saying, you, you know, you're playing struggling teams, you can only play who they put on the schedule that day, take mm -hmm. advantage of it as, as much as you can. And, again, we've kind of talked for a while about the National League East standings. It's, it's kind of sitting there waiting for a team – to kind of take it by the take it by the horns, yeah. and and it looks like the Mets, at least right now, are that team. So it's 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 a division we thought coming into the year was going to be a whole lot better than it is. But you know what? You're sitting here June first with what three and a half four game lead atop the division. Mm -hmm. That's not such a bad, especially considering some of the struggles you've gone through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All the injuries that the team. I mean, I'm still there's still people in this lineup. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, don't get attached to them. Because it seems like even those guys get hurt sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I have no, I'm just like, who is that? This is what? You know, I, I've been burning my Met roster key out on my computer trying to figure out who these people are. But, listen, as I said, they've been pitching well. They've been pitching well. The bullpen continues to be consistent, Gordon. And, you know, right now I'm just I'm, – I'm, they're in Arizona. This is a great place to be <laughs> because yeah. they're struggling. And so, you know, let's just keep stacking the wins up. And here's what I know. I know that uh, times are going to come where it's going to be rough. So all you can do is stack the wins while you can get them and just put them aside. And, and hopefully, you know, I'm upset about Syndergaard. Don't know when I'm going to see him. Maybe in September. When the Dolphins kick off, I may see Syndergaard at City yeah. Field. Uh, you know, I don't know when I'm going to see Carrasco, but listen, right now my my starters are okay. So, like I said, I'm 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 in good shape. Yeah, live in the now. That is yes. what. Uh, rather than waiting for this guy or that guy and and hoping that they eventually do get back, you, you'd like to think you're going to be healthier from this point forward, right? I mean, with the amount of injuries you've had. It would hard to be more injured than you've already been, but uh, like living now, right? Things are good right now. You got Degrom back. You're scoring some runs, and you're playing some bad teams. So take advantage of it. Yep, and that's what we've been able to do from a Mets standpoint. And you know, listen, as we mentioned, the Yankees, and, and I was really surprised. I mentioned this uh, Sunday, Gordon. I was really surprised. I think losing Friday night with uh, Cole on the mound really set them up for the for the rest of the weekend. 
I really do. I, I, I think had they won that game Friday night, I believe they would have taken two of three. It just seemed like the wind, the sails got blown out of them. Well, look, I, I know that there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, the Yankees not scoring ones, and that's been the issue more so than building the team or this, you know, analytics that gets the, the, the criticism all the time. Uh, I will just say that it was surprising early on in the season when the Yankees were not scoring runs, when you took a look at, at the names in, in the lineup. Uh, I don't think it's surprising anymore. The Yankees have a bad lineup. Yeah. The Yankee lineup is terrible. Rugnit Odor was hitting second tonight. Mm-hmm. Mike Ford was hitting fifth. Mike That's Ford, scary. who got pinch hit for, I mean, when was the last time you saw the fifth place hitter in a lineup get pinched hit for? <laughs> and it wasn't a lefty-righty thing as it was, we're not putting him up there with two guys on and a, a chance to win a game. So it, the, the Yankee lineup just isn't very good. So it's not really surprising that they're not scoring any runs. They've got like three or four guys who at this point right now are professional hitters. Everybody else stinks. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And you keep waiting for them to turn it around. And, yeah. and Gordon, I've been looking at it from, because, you know, I've, I covered the team forever. And I remember, and I don't remember the year it was, but I remember a season. Torrey was still skipper. It might have been his either his last year or his next to last year. And the Yankees had a horrible first half. Horrible. Another walk. Frazier walks first and second, two out. And so, you know, they had to win. They must have they must have won eighty-five percent of their games in the second half. And everybody played every day. A Rob was in the lineup every day. Yeah, wow. Jeter was in the lineup every right. day. I mean, they just they would just they would play every single day. So, yes, I realize the talent is not the same. I get it. But you know, and I know it's June now, but Gordon, there's still a lot of baseball left, and I'm not oh, ready absolutely. to. You know, I'm not ready to just say I know that they're struggling, and 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 I believe that if DJ can get hot, if he can get going for a couple of weeks at the top of that order and be the machine that he was the past two years, I think it, I think he he would jumpstart that Yankee offense. Well, look, I mean, he's kind of been lost in it because the other numbers and performances have been just so bad. But, no, I mean, he has not been the same guy so far this year uh, as he was the first two years. Now, I do have some hope that eventually, you're right, like he's going to get hot, um, and that will be a a big plus. But you just take a look on a a nightly basis. Tonight, the Yankees' sixth-place hitter was Tyler Wade. Yeah, I know. Tyler Wade is hitting sixth for the Yankees, and they can't figure out why they're not scoring runs? No, I know why they're not scoring yeah, runs. And that's they, the I mean, they have a terrible right. line. And, and here's the other thing. They, it doesn't change. It does not change. They put the same guy. I mean, at some point, don't you have to say, the Yankees are a billion-dollar organization. They don't have anybody in the minor leagues who can play first base and hit a little bit? Mm. I'm not asking them to be, you know, Tino Martinez. Mm-hmm. I'm asking... Maybe run into one every once in a while and maybe hit 200 because if you can do that, you might very well be playing first base for the New York Yankees in the coming days. I mean, and and the resting of play. Look, I, I try to be on board and I'm open minded to things, but you know me, Larry, this resting yes. of guys. So it's you're telling me tonight, Jean uh, Carlos Stanton needed a day off, but he's able to come in and pinch hit in a situation, but he couldn't have four of those at-bats. One he can do. He can handle one. And again, he's DHing. He's not in the outfield. You know, if it was the outfield and he's standing around, I mean, God forbid, he stands around for nine innings. But you're telling me he can't have four at-bats in a game? 
but he can have one. But I'm still trying to figure out how he came back Friday and had to take Saturday off. Uh, it does. I mean, it, it makes it makes <laughs> no sense. I mean, those type of things happen on a daily basis with this team. The resting, and then you hear Aaron Boone tell you, "Well, we don't believe in hot and cold." Well, do you believe in stink? Because right now you got a bunch of guys who stink, and and just simply saying time and time again about, "Well, you know, we believe in them. We're we're going through the process." If this is the results of the process, it might be time to tweak the process. Well, I think it is. And, uh, you know, I, it's just you have to make adjustments, Gordon. Everything can't work when you look at your lineup with the way oh it is. God. You can't continue to do the same things. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I looked at the stats. First base and center field. No team in baseball has gotten less production out of center field than the Yankees have. No team. Mm. Uh, first base, I think, what are the number? I think I had them as 24th. But that's a little skewed um, because, uh, you know, you, you take a look at some of the other te- you know, teams in the National League. Um, they have, you know, the, you're, you're pitching to the pitcher as well. So some of the numbers drop off a little bit there. But, I mean, you know, between first base and, and center field, the Yankees are in desperate need of someone who can play at a professional level. Because so far this year, and again, we're June 1st, they have not had that. The Yankees have not had a first baseman or a center fielder who can hit. And they move to the 10th inning. This is there when it gets go. fun for Gordon oh, when you put the runner on second let's base. See. Let's check out the fan duel. Let's see if the odds have changed. <laughs> Give myself some fun here because I know I can't enjoy the team. Baby, you're perfect 10. I want to get in. Can I get down so I can Hardesty and Damer to midnight on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. We'll talk about the Knicks a little bit later. Gordon and I are a little concerned about what's going on with the Yankees. And now that uh, we're at the top of the 10th, runner on second, nobody out. This is where Gordon loves the This is all oh, Gordon is so happy with the way Major League Baseball's done this. And here's another I mean, I, I don't make to make it like uh, criticize the Yankees, but I think it's, it's only fair. I, you know, we're talking in the break there. Like, Araldis Chapman threw 14 pitches, 15 pitches in that one inning. He couldn't go back out there. I don't even, maybe it wasn't even that many. Uh, he can't go back out there for a second inning. Need him for tomorrow night. I mean, like, what are we talking about, right? Like, tomorrow you might be down seven nothing. You might, and 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 you know that now that you've taken him out and he's not there, you'll definitely be. You won't need him tomorrow. It's yeah. just, it's it's my, it's like this this. Um, he threw thirteen pitches. Yep, eight for strikes. The guy has an ERA of zero point four three this year. Mm-hmm. He's been as dominant as you can be. Struck out two guys in the in the ninth inning. Yep. You couldn't go to him for another inning. Nope. Got to get Luis Sessa rolling in here. We got to get the Sessa's lane is coming up, Larry. Uh oh. The the lane. You know, you always yes, want to get yes, these guys yes, in yes. their lane, so you know it's going to be. Um... Oh my God. Runners at third. Disaster. One what out. A disaster. This team is. It's bad. It's really bad. And yep. it's it's and the scary thing is, even if they were playing some look, hitting is the way it is. You understand that you can only play who you have. But Gordon, this is not they're not they're not lucky the way they were a couple of years ago where they have all the injuries and the guys that they came that, that right. replaced that was a them were able to hit. Yep, absolutely. And play well defensively and, and give you a boost to the point that your the depth of your bench was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have any bench. They don't have even starters. And and yeah. it just gets it just gets more uh, 
pointed out when you're going up against the team like the Rays who do all those things, mm-hmm. who, who yeah. are able to, you know, do all the the versatility that they have, the adaptability that they have. Um, they are better at just about everything, developing pitchers, finding pitchers, finding players, developing players, mm-hmm. fundamentals, base running. I mean, everything. They are better at the business of baseball, the sport of baseball. The Rays are better in every aspect than the Yankees have been. And economically, too. Oh, cl- I mean, clearly, right? And they're doing it for a quarter of the price. That's scary. That's scary. I mean, they are a fantastic baseball team, even leaving the money out of it. Like, they're one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, they were last year. They clearly are again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're doing it. I mean, nobody has been able to catch up to them. Now, other teams, like the Dodgers, obviously, they're very, very smart, too. But they're spending $200 million. Mm-hmm. The Rays are not. And they're still able to win at, at nearly the same level. So... Um, it's, it's just a, uh, it just is, is glaring how much better they are at things than the Yankees are. And, so it's and interesting. especially in the front office. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the, and listen, that's one of the reasons why Steinbrenner doesn't want to spend a lot of money this year. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, yeah, he's looking at what happened. He had these, you know, all these mowing these, these six foot seven, six foot eight lefty righty fireballers come out of the bullpen and just mow you down inning after inning after inning. He's like, they're paying them what? And I'm paying you guys what? <laughs> right. But you're but you're already on the hook for that, right? Like, yeah, I know. you know, it's know. too late. You know, you can't go back now and say, you know, we don't want to do these contracts or that contract or this deal. Uh, so you're really in, in house. And I, to, to me, he's the, the biggest one to blame because they did not decide to spend any money. And I could kind of understand it. But he's the main one because this is you in the middle of your window of opportunity to win. Uh, so you're already spending I don't know what their payroll is this year. Say it's $200 million. So rather mm-hmm. than spend 220 and give yourself a better chance to win, you're going to say, you know what? They don't do that, so why do we have to do that? It just um, it seems like you're spiting yourself, really, and you're the one that's going to end up – it's going to cost you, right? I mean, because yeah. <laughs> right, if this keeps going – and look, there's plenty of time baseball. I, I just take a look at the lineup right now. Uh, between center field where there is there, there's nobody riding to the rescue in center field. No. Nope. And I don't know when Luke Voigt's going to be back, but it's not anytime soon. So nobody's riding to the rescue there either. Nope. Uh, I, I don't see any way that this turns around without significant improvement in the lineup. Maybe Andujar gets, you know, back to where he was a couple of years ago. Maybe Urshela gets healthy here and gets back to where he was earlier on in the season. But between Gardner and Odor and Frazier and Sanchez and, you know, whoever else, Mike Ford when he plays, uh, it's not a great uh, – it's a bad lineup. That's why they're losing. <laughs> I'm ready to get – Gordon, I'm ready to get first base to Andujar. I'm ready to put I mean, him in first. I, why, I mean – Why not? He's better than Ford. Anybody's better than Ford. Now, I don't know that they don't think that he can feel the position, but look, I'm willing to give it a shot. See, the only problem is, is that – why force him at first base when it's not like you got anybody to play in left field either? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, why don't we hide him in left field? Because if we move him to first base, he might be an issue there. And, and I don't even know who they would put. I mean, I guess Tyler Wade in left field, right? Or, oh. or maybe he would play some center. It's 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 pathetic. I mean, it's a pathetic uh, come on, put lineup. Stanton in left. Come on, let him earn some of that oh money, Gordon. They, Larry, <laughs> they can't let him play four days in a row as the DH. 
right? I, I mean, why is that, right? Because they know he's going to get hurt. And, he, and, and, and that's the beauty of it is that they're doing all these things, right? Like not they got to rest him. They got to do this and they got to do that. He's still getting hurt. Yeah, he's still, still getting hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Sam's in the Bronx. Hey, Sam, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. How y'all guys doing, man? Gordon, my man Larry. Gordon, man, you got to be easy on my boys, man. The boys are somewhere coming. We're in third place. 29 and 25. I understand what's going on. They stink. Looking bad. <laughs> they stink. I'm not going to be – look, I'm not going to take it easy on people when they stink. Uh, and, and you know what? It's not even about the players because some of the players – I don't blame. I don't blame Brett Gardner for struggling. Brett Gardner is not supposed to be playing every day. Mike Ford is not an everyday player. I blame the Yankee management Absolutely. and ownership more than anybody else because it's clear at this point, right? We played uh, 54 games. This is not working. 54 games is not a small sample size. Not a lot. But I think, I think, we, I think, I think when the time comes, we're going to be there. No, some way from around, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to get there. And one thing I don't agree with with Aaron Boone, there's no such thing as hot and cold. Either you're hot or you're not. And when you're cold, you're cold. When you're hot, you're hot. You know, you got to get real. Yeah, he doesn't believe in hot and cold. Yeah. All right, they Sam. believe in rest. Thanks for the call. God yeah, knows they believe in rest. Yes, they, they rest. do. God, you got to be rested. Doggone it. Yeah. Do they have like sleeper beds on the plane? So the guys can, they need, you know what they need in the plane? You ever see that movie Inception where they go into the plane and they hook up and they immediately fall asleep so they can dream? That's That's what the Yankees need. They need one of those Inception planes. And maybe when they dream, they can have a good lineup. I don't know. I mean, actually, you could argue they're sleeping now. Yeah. Offensively, they well, woken you know, up they had the, they, I don't know if you saw the part of the game where there was some fireworks being let off, you know, beyond the center field wall. And Michael uh, and a lot of people brought up, uh, you know, that's about the only Yankee fireworks we've seen lately. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not bad. a lot. Maybe, maybe that was somebody sending a message like these are the fireworks because there's none that happen inside the stadium. <laughs> Yeah, I do. And I think this is about just building him up smartly. And, you know, I think G, you know, a little bit driving that bus too and making sure, you know, with all that he's been through, I think the last couple of years with some of the soft tissue stuff that he's dealt with, you know, listening to his body, communicating forthright with us and making sure that we don't put through something or rush something or overload them here right back into the fire. So, you know, maybe one more this week and and then probably play on through the weekend. And then obviously we have after the weekend, like three off days and eight days. So hopefully after this, it'll be off and running. But I think it's just building them up smartly. Aaron Boone answering the question, is Giancarlo Stanton really healthy? Because he's getting all these days off. Like, what's the story? You're listening to Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, you heard what he said. Ah, uh, you know, he's got these soft tissue issues, listening to his body. We'll, we'll, we'll get him rolling shortly. Yeah. Um, shortly. Uh, this whole plan of, of keeping guys healthier, it's worked at least for Judge so far, although I'm sure <laughs> I'm Don't sure that's it. coming. Don't say it. Yeah, that's coming no, down no, the road. No, 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 uh, no. But, Stan, I mean, at some point, maybe these guys are just injury-prone players. I mean, there's no other no. way to, to put it. Um and he's one of them. So this this whole plan that they have in place, keep him healthy, keep him rested, hasn't worked so far. It has not. Glaber, uh, uh, what was it? Gio. Gio, yeah. Gio yeah, Sella just out. struck out, runs at first and third. So, uh, you know, 
once again, the, the offense struggles. And it was ironic that uh, Marcus Thames, Thames was uh, speaking to reporters today. Never saying, a good sign. No. When, when the batting coach has no. to speak, never a good sign. I, I like his quote. It hasn't been pretty at all. That sums it up, Gordon. Yeah. It really does. Sums it up. Here's some numbers, which I don't have to remind you. 21 times in 54 games this season, the Yankees have been held to two runs or fewer. That's more than they did it last year, 15 times in 60 games, and nearly as often as they did it in 2019, 26 times in 162 games. Only the Pirates and Tigers, who have been held to two runs or fewer 23 times each, have done it more often this season. Not exactly good company here, courtesy of Brian and Jake. Yeah, I mean, the numbers, uh, they're, they're pretty ugly. I mean, they're... they're at least early on in the season, I could see how it was surprising. I don't think that at this point, I don't know if people still are of the feeling, hey, they're eventually going to hit. Um, if they continue to put out these kind of lineups, I don't think that they're going to hit because these are not good lineups. So uh, I don't know if people still feel like that. At least I can understand that in the beginning of the season because I felt that way too, right? If the Yankees' offense is not going to score runs, um, how can that be? It'd be. <laughs> It'd just be. Mm. And, um, and at the time, I said, well, look, if, if they don't score runs, well, then they're screwed because they don't have a lot of flexibility. They don't have a lot of financial flexibility. They don't have a lot of depth that they can switch this thing for that thing. They have one way of going about things, and if that don't work, they're done. And at least so far, they have been screwed. Uh, they, they've just been uh, a bad team that doesn't score a lot of runs, and I don't see that that's going to change anytime soon. I just don't get Gordon. I mean, look, I understand Gleyber Torres is not exactly hitting the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, he's batting 259, which is, you know, it's like 400 on his team. But still, why why wasn't he in the starting lineup tonight? Like, like what is Wade going to give you I don't know. offensively? Why, I mean, these guys, you don't have that many established hitters in your lineup. You need to play all of them. You right. don't have the luxury to just – you don't have the luxury to rest guys. Rest later. Get on the roll here. This is Tampa. This is a team that you really need to beat. We already know what the – look, I understand about Detroit. Detroit, eh, who cares? They're, they're, in, they're in another division. You need to do better in the division with the teams that you're facing. And you haven't done well against Tampa, and you really would like to have, you know, gotten a little wave going because you still got the Red Sox coming in who we haven't seen this year. Yeah, this is the biggest week of the season so far. And I, I, I don't want to make it sound like hyperbole, if you keep playing like you played like over the weekend, you could bury yourself here this yes. week. I mean, yep. there's no doubt about it. You take a look at this lineup. There's nobody riding to the rescue. This is the team. So if you don't start picking it up, there's a very good chance that by the end of this week, you could be buried that you would have to play out of your mind just to kind of catch up because it doesn't look like the Rays are going, anyway, uh, going no. away. Red nope. Sox, I'm still a little dubious that they're going to hang throughout the entire season, but it, the Rays aren't going anywhere. I don't expect them to be dropping off anytime soon. I think that they are the, clearly the class of the division, and uh, you, you can't beat them, making it doubly tough to catch them, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> You've played them a bunch already. You've lost a bunch already, and now you're losing to teams like the Tigers. So the Yankees are just simply not that good of a team uh, when you take a look at how they've played the, the, against the good teams and really how they've even played against the bad teams. It's, they, they've been better against the bad teams, but it hasn't been like overwhelming, and that's why you're sitting here 29 and 25.
Yeah, it's true. And then also, unfortunately, you struggled with Toronto, also in your division. So. Oh, right, yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah, we don't you have know. them this week, so we'll lose to them somewhere down the road. <laughs> so that's the other concern that, that you have in, in what's going on here uh, in your own division where, you know, you really need to try to, you know, turn things around and, and make hay as Gary Sanchez swings through a pitch with uh, you know, the bases loaded. Here's a great opportunity for him. Oh, right now. oh, I mean, isn't oh. it fitting that it comes down to Gary Sanchez here with the night that he's had? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has been, he's been bad. Uh, there's no other way to do it. A runner, mm-hmm. you know, throwing a ball into center field, that didn't mm-hmm. end up costing them. Uh, out on the base paths, it is just fundamental. Uh, and he's had a lot of mistakes on the base path so far this year. So uh, it's not been a great night for Sanchez. We'll see if he can do something. Hasn't been a great night. And and that brings me to another point I was going to discuss with you, Gordon, and that is the lack of fundamentals on this team oh is God. really showing. And, and you know, it's it's reared its head a little bit previously since Boone was here, but never nothing like this year. They have been sloppy at times to start seasons. Base running mistakes, errors in the field, uh, lapses, just mental lapses they've had. Usually by, I would say, the 20th game of the season, in previous years, they clean things up. And, and just when it seems like it's a crisis point, all of a sudden they start playing significantly better. This year, that was the same thing about 20 games, and it did seem like they started to, to clean things up a little bit. But between the outs on the base paths, the issues with defense with, with um, Glaber that reared its ugly head over the weekend again, right. mm-hmm. and just the grounding into double plays, uh, I mean – Again, it just seems like – and here's the thing. You know what annoys me more than anything? There's never any, there's never any repercussions for this. Yeah. It's always, oh, we believe in our guys. Oh. And I guess that's part of it, that, that nobody is riding to the rescue. They're not making a big trade, it doesn't seem like. Uh, there's no minor league prospect that they're bringing up here. But don't you have to change something? Don't you have to try to jolt the team into you guys got to perform? And yeah. that hasn't happened. And look at that. They haven't performed. No, they haven't. They haven't. And Gary Sanchez chases one out of the strike zone again. Yeah. We move to the 11th. Still tied at three. So you still got a shot, Gordon. Yeah. Still oh got yeah. a shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've already promo coded, coded it. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm not expecting a big Yankee rally here at any time. Oh, you're not, huh? No. Not. Oh, no. No, no. I, look, I, I, if I'm not going to be happy, at least I can be wealthy. You know? That's the way I look at it. <laughs> You're a hater. I am. I hate this team, right? They are so unlikable. Oh, my God. They're so unlikable. So on the Michael K show today, the, he made a couple of comments that I found very interesting because he, he, does a, he does a really good job of trying to, you know, be neutral in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, Gordon. And, and because, you know, he's got information and stuff. So he's, he's looking at the game. He's right there. He's there every day. But he really, really made some interesting comments today. Now, the first, the, the first one I'm going to uh, going to share with you talks about what happens during the week. And, Gordon, you talked about what needs to be changed, things that what happens. There's no repercussions when you don't – when you perform badly, you run out of the base pass or get outs, you're right back in the lineup the next day. And that's usually something that doesn't happen. Normally you got to sit a little bit so you learn. Well, what Kay said today was if this week goes poorly, some things might need to be changed. I think he's talking about perhaps boom. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of feel like he will be the fall guy, but uh, if you're taking a look at uh, who's actually responsible and you're going to take players out of it, um, to me, 
he will be an easy scapegoat, but that's what he'll be. He'll be a scapegoat because he he did not put himself in that position. The reason why he got that position was because he was going to take the information of the front office. And, and to me, there's nothing – I mean, what do people want Aaron Boone specifically to do when this is the team that he has working for him? Uh, you take a look at up and down the lineup. I mean, who, what uh, – do you think that Aaron Boone is is writing out the lineup card? Do you think that Aaron Boone is the one who's it, it's his policy to rest who's going to rest this game and who's going to rest that game? Um, do you think that he's the one that says, you know what, Brett Gardner is going to be a, an everyday center fielder? Is it Brett uh, Aaron Boone's fault that uh, you know they had a, a couple of injuries here, or that he's constructed the lineup to look like this? I think that. I guess there could be a change, right? If they were to really uh, stink it up here and lose a bunch of games to the Rays and lose the series to the Red Sox and really find themselves behind the eight ball, um, I mean, they might very well, it wouldn't be all that surprising if they're sitting in fourth place. So I do think that you have to make some sort of change at that point. I just don't think that Aaron Boone is the one responsible for why the team has looked like this. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought, Gordon, because then the question becomes, well, what is he responsible for? What do we hold the manager responsible for in the day and age of, of sabermetrics? Do we hold him responsible for the fact that they're base running blunders? Do we hold him responsible for the lack of defense and their, their, their ability to field their position? I mean, what do we hold the manager accountable for now? Well, it's certainly a lot less, right? I mean, the last manager, um, I think he got held accountable for, for just about everything. And certainly he was held accountable for his, um, his relationship or, or maybe lack of relationship with the catcher. Uh, but since he's left, the catcher has not played any better. Nope. And I'll tell you right now, if the old manager were here and you saw a play like you saw tonight, I'd feel pretty confident that Gary Sanchez would not be playing for a day or two. I mean, he would have played himself before he put Sanchez. <laughs> right. He might, he might have done the Billy where he went out into the field and brought him, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. told somebody, go get him and bring him in here now because um, it's, it's just ugly. And it, just see, it almost feels like the front office and, and ownership are just content to let this season play out however it's going to play out mm. and, and just deal with it because they have no interest in going above the luxury tax threshold. They're not adding any salary. This is the team. And if this team does not perform, well, then so be it. That would be crazy. That would be right? so against what we've been told the Yankee, uh, you know, marching Mantra. orders are. Right. Absolutely. Right. You we know, want to win. It's been too that. long. And anytime Hal's yeah. on, those are the things he says. Well, actions speak louder than words. And this is not, this is not a championship-level team. Now, look. There might not be enough moves to pull off to make it a championship level team if this is the way it's going to play. I mean, it's it's essentially played like a 500 team for yeah. for 54 games. It's true. So, uh, but I think you have to at least try something, right? Yeah, you do. What did Kay think needs to be changed? We'll hear from him when we return next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> They are fundamentally flawed. There are stats that just jump out at you. And a very unspoken, dirty little secret that no Yankee fan wants to talk about. 
Take a look at DJ LeMayu's numbers. He's 100 points lower in batting average than he was last year and about 300 OPS points. This guy, if the season was going to extrapolate out over thirds of a season, he's going to have 40 runs batted in. And take a look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, getting guys in from third base with less than two outs. DJ's having a really yeah. un-DJ year. So you worry about that. You worry about Torres. You worry about 37-year-old Brett Gardner playing center field, where I think he's one for his last 19. There's a lot of concerns. I'm sorry, there are. Michael K on the Michael K Show earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer until midnight. And Gordon, not only that, but K followed up with, as we teased, changes may be needed if things don't get better. If this week, you know, the four games against the Rays, the three games against the Red Sox, goes horribly awry, they might have to make an optic move just to throw their fans some hope. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result, that's the definition of insanity. So I don't know what that move is going to be, but it can't be replacing a minor coach or something like that. That's not going to send any salve to the fans. The season is far from over. There's still a lot of season left, so you don't give up on it. I don't think you can make a big trade like that on June 6th, but you could make a move that could tell the fans hey we know something's wrong here i think that's something that has to be considered yeah see that's to me if that is if he's hinting at and i don't know that he is but if he's mm-hmm. hinting at at, at at the manager to me that is so weak by brian cashman mm-hmm. because this is cashman's show it was his pick it was his decision to move off girardi and bring in someone who was going to be kumbaya with the players and now four years in if that's what they're saying it's not working now when we're going to put the blame on him I mean, I think that the Yankee front office needs to, and the Yankee staff needs to take a look in the mirror. Yeah, I think they do. But you know how this goes, Gordon. Yeah. Well, the manager is always the sacrificial one. You can't. What did they say? You can't fire the twenty-five players. You can. You can fire one. We fire the manager, and and that would send a message. I mean, I don't know what the message would be, but the message message. would be we're lost. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they think that all of a sudden switching the manager is going to make this lineup look a whole lot better than it is. You got Mike Ford playing every single day, basically. He's hitting 133 with a slugging of 283. There's no manager in the world. Like, part of the reason that Boone was brought here was because the, the, the acceptance of, you know what, the manager has to be uh, a, 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 a spoke in the wheel of the entire staff. Right. It's not the man. This is not Earl Weaver who was making decisions on his own and was, didn't have to answer to anybody. Um, so it's not, there's not a manager alive who's going to be able to take this and make it look a whole lot better. So then the only thing they can do, Gordon, is under that scenario is they have to make some trades and I don't know who they can trade and I don't know who they can trade. And at this spot, you're not trading from a position of strength. So you're going to end up probably giving up more than you want to. And Gordon, I don't know what you have to give. Well, look, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you that I, I know the Yankees uh, minor league system uh, backwards and forwards, but I, the kid uh, that I've seen his numbers, and I couldn't tell you what he looks like or anything. Mm-hmm. The kid Chris Giddens, um, who has decent numbers at uh, AAA this year, had decent numbers a couple of years ago. Um, I, I mean, at some point, you gotta you got to shake something up, and that's an area where you're going to shake something up. You can't keep putting out the same players every single day. That's yeah. the issue. Yep. And if you're going to do that, well, then you're going to get the same results. Yeah. This is the, you know, I do think that there are some parts of it that are 
guys are just not performing up to their standards, like Glaber is not performing up to his standards. But there's some guys who this is the standard. Yeah, it is. And right now, I mean, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm ready to see Florio. I mean, can, yeah. can, can, oh, can you, my God. Can, can we play him? Let's, let's play him in center field. Let's see what he got. Because Gardner needs a break. Right. Okay, he needs a bring day off. Up. Yeah, bring him up. Play him for two, three weeks. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, can he? you're saying that he's not ready for the majors, or you don't think he's ready for the majors. The Yankees center fielder tonight is batting 188 with a slugging mm-hmm. of 239 and an on-base of 276. Is he going to be that much worse than that? No. Nope. Can't be. Unless you're just worried you're going to ruin his trade value and you're going to make the, take him. And, and But that has not been the Yankee way. They hold on to these prospects until there's no value <laughs> left, unfortunately. Yeah, they have. That's what they've done of late. Mm-hmm. That's what they've done of late. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a concern. I just feel it's, it's, it's rough for a Yankee fan right now. It just really is because you have no answers and you have no options. And this is so strange because normally you would bring somebody up, Gordon, and that person would inject some life into that clubhouse inject some fire into the clubhouse some energy you know turn things around maybe get hot maybe you know do something get a couple of hits and get a hot streak for a couple of weeks and then it brings everybody else on board you know everybody else then jumps on the bandwagon and continues to go and you know then you start to turn things around but they have no confidence that there's anybody in the minors that can do that otherwise Gordon they would call them up yeah. I, look, if you want to make a change at manager and it's clear that you need to make a trade, is it possible that the Phillies would give you, there you go, Girardi Gordon. back and we can give them Aaron Boone? You'll see it in a second. Oh, we got a hit finally? Yeah, the direct TV. I mean, I got, I'm got. i holding out for the one more year. Oh, thank God. Finally, somebody <laughs> comes up with a hit. Right, now you do it. Right, there you go. There's the home run. Oh, my God. Finally. Clint Frazier with a big tour on home run. The Yankees beat the Rays. Let's schedule the parade through the Canyon of Heroes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's a big win, Gordon. Well, any win is a big win now. It's a nice win. Well, yeah, you, need, you needed it, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. I can't wait. I, I'm lo- so looking forward to answers with Aaron tonight. I know you are. Oh, my God. It's going to be <laughs> unbelievable. They stayed with the process. They didn't give up on themselves. They That's believed. Right. Bullpen was great. Six, uh, the bullpen six. was great. Six scoreless innings. They did a fabulous job. I mean, that's oh. the thing. You only gave up three hits to the Rays the whole night. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But that's a nice win. That's oh, a nice win God. for you. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. Can you breathe now? Can you I breathe can a breathe bit? a little bit. Now I just got to hope the Lakers can win tonight. Put a little... <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little road money on the Lakers tonight, Larry. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Well... There's there's some folks who can't breathe yet, Gordon, and that's the New York Knicks. Oh boy, because they've go got there, a, right. Yeah. We just we just got through the the, the molasses yep. of the Yankees, and now we got to turn our attentions to that disaster. Yeah, we do, we do, and uh, it's Game Five, do or die tomorrow night. And Gordon, listen, I understand about trash talking. Believe me, I do. I get it, and I get that the Knicks have been have not answered anything, and so Atlanta and Clint Capella can now start to brag, start to talk a little junk, start to, you know, spread their wings a little bit. But Gordon, if it were me, just just saying, if it were me, I would be more confident saying that, those kind of comments when I'm going on my home floor, not going into the building of the other team, which shows you how confident that Hawks team is right now. 
Yeah, and and rightfully so, coming off the two games that they came off of uh, in Atlanta. I'm actually happy as a Nick fan that he said that and said it out loud uh, because at this point, I'm looking for every little bit of mojo, not that they need motivation, but I'll take motivation heading into game five and see if you can squeeze out a win because, I mean, how many times have we seen something like that where a guy opens his mouth before Mm -hmm. it's time and all of a sudden it gives the other team a little bit of life and maybe a little bit of a hope and and maybe can get them focused on, on getting the win and, and making the necessary changes they need to because there's a bunch of them they need to make after games three and four. It's a lot they need to do. And, Gordon, I don't know if they can do it because if they could have, clearly they would have done so in one of the two games in Atlanta. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do. If – it's, it's as simple as they need to put the ball in the basket, Gordon. It's really what it is. It's that simple. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm okay if it turns out down three games to one that they lose the series. Mm-hmm. But I would like to be able to go out a little bit on a, uh, a not such a down note. I can't right. take another game. If they go out in game five and play essentially the same game that they played in games three and four where – in the second half, third quarter, the game is essentially over and the Knicks never make a run. I know I said that this would not be the case coming into the playoffs, but it will feel like the regular season has been tarnished to me to some degree. There's no other way. You know, if you hadn't just, this was not a team that just crept into the playoffs as a seven or an eight or as a play-in. You had some expectations here and you've not met those expectations. And, and one of the biggest areas where you've not met those expectations is with your star player. I can't go a series where I lose in five games, my star player doesn't do anything, and, and still feel like, you know what, it was a great year. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, we'll discuss that, and we'll hear from Clint Capella. We'll also talk about the Nets. Hey, they advanced. They beat Boston. I'm looking Ooh. forward to the Milwaukee series. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Milwaukee series because at least I think that will be at least more competitive. But we'll talk hoops next when we return. And, of course, we'll hear from Aaron Boone next hour, all right here on ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Tuesday night edition of the show. Thanks for coming by. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Yeah, Gordon, I tell you, um, the Lakers are... Yeah, they're in a little bit of trouble, right? Just a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, I had to laugh when I heard the promo there from Jay uh, Williams. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll tell you about uh, LeBron's, how this impacts his life. I mean, we're still deciding the guy's legacy. That's 18 years into his career? <laughs> He's still good. <laughs> I would think that that is kind of... Well, look, there's always little things here and there, and I'm not telling you a title wouldn't, uh, you know, maybe elevate him in some people, but we're still deciding his legacy at this point. I mean, geez, Louise, I would have thought that, you know, you'd kind of made up your mind after two decades of excellence, but I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the longevity alone should make it... Right, uh, you would think. <laughs> just 18 years at, at a high level would be yeah, tremendous. You would think. Uh, unbelievable. All right, everybody's been talking about it, Gordon. It's Clint Capella talking about the Knicks and what uh, he and his boys expect to do tomorrow night at the Garden. Push our guys around and talk shit, but uh, we, we can do that too. 
and we show them uh, as soon as they, they, they came back here that we can push guys around too. We can talk as well. So what are you going to do about it? And we can get a win with it. So what are you going to do about it? Oh, game four, you're coming back again. Well, it's going to happen again. We win the game. We talk and we push around. So what are you going to do about it? So that's what happened. We can do it too. We can be physical, but we can win games as well. And now we're coming to your home to win this game again. They send you on vacation. I'm just saying, Gordon. <laughs> that's well, a lot of chit-chat. Think- yeah, I, I do think that this is a little bit of a response to, you know, the Knicks have, uh, they, they tended to, they, they like to talk a little bit as well during these games. I don't know what mm-hmm. was said, but there's, you know, there's been a little bit of a back and forth. There's been a little chippiness. There's been a little bit here and there. So uh, I, I'm a big believer in the walk softly and carry a big stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had, apparently is now uh, not a big thing to go by. So uh, everybody has to tell you how great they are while it's going on. Um, but um, I, I'm happy that he said it out loud. This way, if the, if the Knicks can get even a little tiny bit of mo- more motivation out of it, I'll take it wherever I can. And um, I, I do think that maybe in some ways the Knicks have, have brought this on themselves a little oh, yeah. bit mm-hmm. by the, the amount that they've talked, but um, it, it's up to them. There's one way to shut them up, right? Yeah. And that's go win. Yeah, and the fact that they've just struggled offensively and just haven't been able to do anything. You know, that's been the big, you know, that's been the big issue. And really, Gordon, I got to be honest with you. These games, they're not that physical. No. I mean, I've seen physical basketball. This is not physical basketball. It's like you guys talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we've been around for, you know, the 90s where it was like a a street fight sometimes, you know. So, um, no, this is not. And it's just it, it, it can never be that way again because of the rules. So, mm-hmm, uh, no, mm-hmm. it's not been a, an overly physical series. But uh, it does feel like, and we haven't really talked since uh, games three and four, mm-hmm. um, but it does kind of feel like you know, the, the Knicks have, have kind of been exposed in this series. Does that feel that way to you? Yeah, they've been exposed in the fact that we see. You know what, Gordon? This is the offense we expected them to have all season, right? This right. is the offense with the that if Julius Randle didn't score, they were going to be dead to the water. And then all of a sudden, midway through the season, this team found three point shooting to be, you know, incredible. And they ended up shooting like forty percent from three. And we we're looking like, who? There's nobody on this team that can do that. And so now what has happened is, when you and look, we talked about it going in. You take Randle away. Nobody. I don't care who they played. Randle was not going to be able to beat you. They weren't going to let him beat you. Now, we, he was supposed to play better than what he's played. Clearly, I will say that. But other players have had to step up, and, you know, they just haven't done it. And it, nope. it's the crazy thing about this is with, with no matter when it ends, if the Knicks lose and get eliminated, no matter what, what game, five, six, or seven, what's going to be interesting and most remembered about this series, Gordon, unless things change, right, if it's tomorrow night, for example, is going to be, man, didn't Obi Toppin really get better? Did it, yeah. <laughs> toward the, as he the season got one better? The, yeah, one of the bright spots, especially in, in game four. Um, I, I'm hoping for, obviously, a Nick win, but certainly sure. a far better performance, even if it's a loss, right? Even if you're telling mm-hmm. me the series has to end in five, we know for a fact it will end in five. I'm hoping for a, a far better night for, for Julius Randle. He needs that. Um, he does. Because, uh, he does. I, look, maybe his... Uh, maybe he's strong enough to deal with it, but he will be hearing all about playoff Randall uh, yes. this offseason. 
Mm-hmm. If this is the if he goes out there and puts up another game like he did so far in this series and and never really is able to to kind of figure it out, uh, that's a lot to handle for for a full year because it doesn't almost doesn't matter what he does next year during the regular season because it will always come with a but. It's true. And he will, and he will join, and it will be worse for him. I mean, what did we always say? We talked about uh, James Harden, right, when he came here. Mm-hmm. And what's the big thing? What does he do? He's a great regular season player. What does he do in the postseason? Doesn't show up in the postseason. But he, at least he got his team further than the first round. You know, so it's going to be even worse for Randall, who didn't get his team past the first round. So that's going to make it even worse. And obviously all the other things. And now, I mean, listen to the conversation that people are saying. He's not. I mean, listen to what Carlin and, and what Kay were saying earlier today. He may be the third best guy. He's not He's not a number one. He's not a number two. He may be a three. So, I mean, Gordon, if he is indeed dropped to a three, let's say hypothetically we agree with him, and he drops to a three, that means you got to find an elite point guard and another scorer. Well, that's not just next year, Gordon, that, unless you're going to make some trades and invest some of your youth and some of your draft choices, which I don't know that this regime wants to do. I kind of think that this regime wants to try to keep as many draft choices as possible because that's how you really build your team. But obviously you have to have stars to win in this league. And, you know, now you're looking at making a lot of adjustments. And now instead of you thinking that you could be really good in two or three years, maybe you're looking at an extra year. Yeah, I, what I think I don't know whether he's a two or three, um, and how you go about getting the help. I think what this series, if it ends like this, if there's no change in Game Five or a win or Randall plays really, really well, uh, I think what it, this series has showed you is that the Hawks are just better. Oh, yeah. they are way more talented, and the Knicks. You know, I, I kind of thought coming into the series, even if they lost, they didn't need to make too many moves to make that kind of next step forward. I think what you're seeing is there's still a lot of work on this roster. There's a lot of, you know, when you take a look at, at Reggie Bullock being in the starting lineup, not scoring a single point at his, you know, trying to guard Trey Young, he's not able mm-hmm. to do that either. And, and um, you know, R.J. Barrett had a better game four, but he struggled in the series. And Emmanuel quickly has been really a non-factor in the series. So mm-hmm. uh, I think what you have seen in this series so far, and it could always change if, if, sure. if, if they go out and win in game five, you'll feel different. But I think what it's so, shown me so far is the Knicks still got a lot of work to do in terms of the roster. I agree with you. But you know what? If you could get, and you look at Trey Young and, and you know, the, the great teams, they got great point guard play, Gordon. So yeah. if you could get a really talented point guard, it really it elevates everybody's game. And we know the Knicks have needed the point guard forever. forever. I mean, forever. Right. They've needed one. And so, yes, I agree with you. It would be They do need much more. But I think you can do more with less if you have a talented point guard. I mean, look at the attention Trey Young gets. His ability to go down the lane, his ability to hit the three, he makes those other guys better. Because what are they getting, Gordon? They're getting open shots because you're paying attention to him. You're putting two people on him, sometimes three, and he's just dripped. And then, you know, he goes where he wants to go, and it's just – Yeah, and he, absolutely. And he's, he's, a, he's a defensive mat, nightmare matchup-wise because he's got great speed as well. So, you know, a, a great point guard hides a bunch of mistakes. I mean, look at the, the, the game that's just – obliterated right now. I mean, look at the difference between Phoenix without Chris Paul and with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul is of, you know, is of age now, still a great player, going to be a future Hall of Famer, but it's the point guard play. Kyrie Irving, you know, what we think about him and whatnot on the court, unbelievable. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. Unbelievable. Player. Yeah. Unbelievable. And and so that's what they desperately need. So for them, 
the biggest thing here, the priority is whether it's, you know, Ball or whether it's uh, Kyle Lowry or whoever it is that they can get to be a point guard, that can, a scoring point guard, is desperately what they need. I would prefer a younger guard, like a ball age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't really want to go plus 30 because I kind of want them to grow together. You know what I mean? I kind of want Absolutely. the young players sure. to grow together so that you, you know, they're there for a while. But, um, you know, that that's the biggest need for this team. And I have to be honest, uh, especially after game four and just watching Trey Young do whatever he's wanted to do, I, I, I'm a little disappointed that the defense has not stepped up. And, and it almost feels like uh, Tom Thibodeau has, has kind of been outcoached by Nate McMillan. Now, mm-hmm. McMillan has a better team. Yep. But I would like to think that they would have been able to do something to at least frustrate Trey Young. Mm-hmm. He has not had one of those games where he's even been fr- – it doesn't seem like he barely breaks a sweat. No. The, the the closest thing they had in containing him was the fourth quarter of game two, and he didn't play that much in the fourth quarter. Right, right, right. <laughs> Nate McMillan did that job for them uh, pretty much. Uh, and and it's and every night it's almost like he's able to get what he wants and he's able to get the teammates involved as well. And I would like to think coming into the series the Knicks would have been able to take one of those away or at yeah. least made it more of a, of a challenge. It doesn't really feel like it's been a challenge at all so far. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's crazy that it was a week ago, 7th Avenue is getting shut down and Nick fans are celebrating, and now here we are less than a week later, and we're talking about possibly tomorrow be over. the final game. Yeah, Could be over for the Knicks, yeah. Julius Randle and Derrick Rose respond to Clint Capella. Frank Isola was on the Michael K. Show. He'll tell you what he learned about the Knicks, and we'll hear from you as well. All that's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Gordon Dom Smith, a two-run home run. Francisco Lindor, an over triple. Lindor. What? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Gordon. Maybe he's snapping out of it here, Larry. You never know. He's hitting 200. Oh, my goodness. 200, well, baby. I would take him out. I would take him out tonight. <laughs> You're already up 3 nothing. Don't risk it. Don't drop down below. Uh, slugging the 312 is it's creeping up. up there <laughs> it is it's like it's like that the, the game in uh on the, the price is right where the little guy is going on the the side oh, the of mountain. the mountain yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that guy right yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got he's got a ways to go before he's at the top of the mountain but uh, hey yeah, look he's... gary sanchez is batting 202 at the end of the night larry Oh, baby. 202, Lindor's at 200. Who knows? Brett Gardner might be next up. I mean, he's <laughs> probably going to get like seven hits in a row, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. You it never know. Happen. It could happen. You heard what Clint Capella had to say. Here's what Julius Randle had to say about what Clint Capella had to say. Uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, Clint Capella's comments. He said, don't care. They're coming to put you on vacation. and Don't care. Don't care. And I assume that you did hear about them, though, Julius. I know just you don't hear about it. it. Just heard about it, and I do not care. I mean, we're not focused on it. We focus on what we got to do as a team. So when I ask what we got to do, uh, that's great. But you know, why would I give a hell what Clint Capella has to say? I agree with Julius Randle. I agree with him. I don't care either. Yeah, why would you? Right? Yeah, like, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he, and, and in fairness to, to Julius, he's got bigger things to worry about than whatever Clint Capella is going to say. 
That's for sure. He, he, he should be, I mean, if you're going to worry about anything, worry about what everybody's going to be saying if you don't yeah. step up here at this game five and, and if not get a win, at least play better. Dom Smith almost had another two-run home run just short, but uh, Francisco... The cameraman thought it was a home run because the sure cameraman, did. the way he shot that shot, I thought it was going to be about 17 rows up in the upper deck. <laughs> yeah. Sure and then did. all of a sudden I see the guy at the, <laughs> I see the, guy at the wall. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah, well, it was a high fly, but yeah. just deep, just deep to right, it. just missed it. <laughs> just missed it. Derek Rose, what do you think about what Clint Capella had to say? I'm 32 years old, bro. I, I never talked <laughs> like that in my life, and I'm not gonna start now once Clint Capella's like start talking crazy. Like, it don't get to me like that. So, but no disrespect to you though, bro. I just yeah, I, I tell you, it's it it is interesting, but it's it's. Uh... And this is interesting coming from the 32-year-old Derrick Rose, right? It's a new generation of athletes, Gordon. They, they say what's on their mind, and they don't care what the scenario is. They're talking. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think that Derrick Rose has the right approach. Like, you know, who cares, right? Like, uh, <laughs> he's been through everything that you can be through mm -hmm. in, in an NBA or a professional sports career. So, um you would think that there, there's plenty of time for talking when the dealing's done, right? Like win That's the right. series, and then you can talk all you want. Yep. Uh, but uh, we'll see if it uh, if it can give something to the Knicks tomorrow night. They can we'll certainly see. use something. Yeah, they really could. Let's go to the phones. Carol's in Jersey. Hey, Carol, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how are you, Larry and Gordon? Hey, Carol. Um, the Nets are, were fantastic. How could you ever diss a team that scores 141 points? Right? I mean, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. They are going to roll through. Right? I've said this before, Carol. They're oh. going to roll through this Eastern Conference. I know the Bucks will be oh, a, a tougher uh, chest. I, I have no doubt they're going to make it to the finals. But when they make it to the finals, I'm going to be a little bit worried, though. <laughs> but, 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 but of who? I mean, i I, I got to be honest. Um, like, I well, know people it, feel it like depend. it's a wide-open year and all that type of stuff. I think it's a, it's a more closed year than any year because I think the Nets are just so much more talented than anybody else. The Nets have, like, seven great players on their team, seven people that you could name that are fantastic. No, but you know what happens? Sometimes things go awry. Yeah, I mean, look, look, the injury bug has certainly bitten them throughout the course of the mm -hmm. year, so it's not an impossibility that one of these guys goes down and they'll feel a whole lot different about it. But um, if they're able to stay healthy with those three guys, boy, it's hard to envision a team. Oh, them. it's not only the three guys. It's Joe Harris. Right, and but I mean, and those three guys alone Shaq. are very tough to beat. There's no team that can match up against those three guys. Like every, if you're a good team and you're in the finals, you have a bunch of uh, of good players surrounding your superstars. But those three superstars are just right, so good. right. But you know, like I gotta tell you something about James Harden. He has coaching ability because when he's on the court, he is actually almost an assistant coach that he. He's fantastic. I think he's going to become a coach eventually. Well, according to Kyrie, the, the the Nets are so good they don't need a coach, right? It could be this guy one day. It can be Kyrie one day. It doesn't have to be Steve Nash every single day. So, um, yeah, why not throw James Harden in the mix? I mean, he's that right. good. Yeah, he's exactly. coaching now, Carol. Thanks for yeah. the phone call. I mean, really, he's got the ball in his hands, Gordon. He's coaching now. He's telling people where to go, running the plays. He's doing everything. He's he, and, and listen, 
we joke a lot about him and, and what he was, you know, commented on his frustrations and how badly he disappointed in the postseason. Gordon, his ability to see the floor for with the handling, I mean, a triple-double again tonight, his ability to, to find people and give them in great positions to, to get baskets, his passing ability has really showcased itself with the Nets. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame that uh, he missed as much time as he did because you saw that when he got comfortable with the Nets, even while the other guys were out, I mean, he was carrying the team for, mm -hmm. for large stretches of the season. So uh, I just don't see, and I know I've said this before, I don't I, I don't see who's the, who's the big challenge, right? Like, I know a lot of people are saying, well, the Nets will breeze through the East, but then when they get to the finals, I'm a little worried. Uh, by About who? The Jazz? I mean, who 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 is this team? Uh, the Lakers, I mean, we're talking about the Nets staying healthy. The Lakers already are having issues staying healthy with Anthony Davis. And if they lose tonight, and it certainly looks like they're going, and they score 36 points in the first mm -hmm. half, and they're at halftime, and they're mm -hmm. down by 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, – then all of a sudden you're down three games to two. Now, I'll never bet against LeBron until he's out of the playoffs. I always say he's the favorite, but – I don't know what team. Is it the Trailblazers? Is it the Nuggets? I mean, what team are you saying to yourself in the West that's that this big challenge to the Nets, if the Nets' big three are all healthy and ready to go? Yeah, I, I think initially, Gordon, it was the Lakers, right? Initially, it was uh, yeah, because, I could see that. you know, you figured, you know, they're defending champions. You got LeBron, who's great. You got Anthony Davis, who could be a matchup nightmare. Uh, you know, but, and, and we'll put some pressure on what the Nets like to do up front. But now with the injury situation, I mean, I, listen, like you said, they may not get past Phoenix. Yeah. So now you're looking, you're wondering, the only other team, you know, Denver's battling for their life. They're tied 2-2. They're up two against Portland. I don't know if they get out of this series because with that backcourt that Portland can put out, they, they can give you some trouble. They don't have a Jamal Murray. So, you know, that's a, they're playing compromised. I mean, the Clippers, I guess, Gordon, would be the next team that you would think because no, of, not... you know, Kyrie Leonard <laughs> and, uh, right. I mean, Kawhi Leonard yeah. and, um, you know, Paul George and what they have. But they haven't proven to you that they can put a team together that would challenge a team. So now that the Lakers are compromised, Gordon, I don't know that there is a team in, in the West that's going to beat them. Any team that you're looking at, it's about their big stars, their big two. The Nets have the big three. And, yeah. Um, I just I think it's going to be tough for any team to uh, to if they're healthy uh, right. to, to overcome that. I agree with you. I do. Davidson Clifton. Hey, Dave, you're next on 98.7. What's up, guys? I'm heading home right now from the Brooklyn Nets game, headed back to Jersey, from Jersey, you know what I'm saying, down in Clifton area, North Jersey. Uh, I just came down from the Brooklyn Nets game, man. We just – Oh, man, we just gave it to the seed, man. Oh, my God. James Harden's on another level. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had honestly had a bad game tonight. He wasn't his usual official, uh, excuse me, efficient self. But we still gave it to them seeds. Now, I know we got we got Milwaukee coming to town. They're going to be a, a much tougher opponent. I agree. I, I But I, I see this as maybe six-game series. I, I'm taking Brooklyn in six against Milwaukee. I don't know. What, what you guys think? I hear you, David. Thanks for the phone call. I, you know, I just – I think it'll be more competitive. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what Milwaukee has learned, Gordon, from last year. And I do think that the addition of Drew Holiday for them makes them a more makes them a better team because it gives you more than one option. From you know, if you shut down a Giannis, then you're looking for Middleton. Now you have you know uh, Holiday that can help you out too. So I think it'll be more interesting and more competitive. 
And to Boston, really, you know, they just had a rough year, a lot of injuries. And for them to not have, you know, I mean, Tatum was by himself, no Jalen Brown, no, uh, you know, the the point guard wasn't there. You know, he had a horrible series. Uh, It's it's just, you know, they were just compromised. They really didn't have a good season, Gordon. I mean, they were lucky to be. Honestly, they they were were. lucky to even be there. Absolutely. They were were lucky to get there this year. And and, uh, you do have to wonder. It always seemed like the Celtics had set themselves up to acquire this big time superstar player and they were going to you know be back to being the Celtics and and now uh, it just seems like it's a little stale and they might yeah. have to uh they might have to shake it up again so uh you know obviously the brown loss w- was big and we said it Tatum has to score 50 that's a game plan he only scored 32 tonight so yeah. that's that's the uh that's the difference that's right <laughs> Fitzsimmons will continue the conversation at the top of the hour. It's hard to stay in Damon until then on 98.7 ESPN. Go on, let's head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to David and Comac. Hey, Dave, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Hey, David, what's up? Uh, I was watching the Eye on the Game, well, listening to the Eye on the Game on the radio last night, I guess on your station. And uh, I'm beginning to think that uh, – if the Islanders don't win the next two games, I think they're going to be in big trouble. I think because this Boston team is too good, you can't let them get it. You can't give them any life. You got to take them out, you know, while you still can, and uh, you got to win the next two games. Or well, I don't see the Islanders winning anything uh, in the series. Well, David, I, I listen. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. I still think with hot goaltending, they'll be okay. I know the Bruins team is tough. I know that LaGreca said at the beginning of the series that this was going to be a tall test for the Islanders. What the Islanders have to do, going just in, and I haven't been in depth watching the games, but just in the games, the moments that I've caught of the series so far, uh, if the Islanders can take advantage of the power play whenever they have it, that's going to make life a little easier for them because the Bruins don't make a lot of mistakes. They, they skate well. They're, they're physical. They skate well. But I think the Islanders, you know, with their scoring, their ability to score and and hot goaltending, I think I think they they, they still got a shot in this series. Yeah, and uh, I, much like you, I'm not uh, fully invested, but I saw they blew the, the 3-1 lead. Uh, was that yesterday? And then, you know, they go to overtime and they get the win. So at least they even up the series. And, uh, I mean, it feels like ahead of really any playoff series, we, we map out ahead of time. Well, we got to do this, and, and this game is this game, and that. And these series, they kind of have – it's like if it goes seven, it's seven individual stories. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's that much carryover from this game to that, that game. Unfortunately for the Knicks, there was <laughs> carryover yeah. in, in games um, three and four in Atlanta. So a lot of times, though, when it's two competitive teams, and that series is – the Islander series is tied at a game apiece, it, each game is its own individual thing. So I don't know that you can necessarily say, we've we got to do this the next two games, otherwise we're done. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think they'll be okay. I, and listen, I like the, I like the, the way the goaltending is right now. And yeah, I know they had the lead and they, they blew it. But listen, they fought back and they tied, and, and so they were able to even up the series. Game three, of course, will be Thursday night. As a matter of fact, Gordon, we will follow the Islanders here on ninety eight seven ESPN Islanders and Bruins in game three. Speaking of Boston, that's where Mike is hanging out. He continues to travel with the Islanders. Mike in Queens is in Boston. Hey, Mike, you're next on ninety eight seven. 
Casey. Zizekas, he steals the puck. Zizekas on the breakaway. He shoots. He scores. And the Islanders win it in overtime. They are heading back home to the island. The city is tired one. They have taken back home ice. What ending? Now, I, I told Paul over you said hi. When I saw Boy on the ice, well, I said a lot of stuff. I won't repeat it because there were a lot of unpleasantries. Not pleasant, a lot of expletives. Oh, boy, a lot of expletives. But somehow we won game two. I don't know how, but we botched that because, Larry, on the first goal, Sorokin would have made that save. You, we all know that. Sorokin's flexible. He, he, the breakaway would not have been a goal. He would have stopped that. But, again, no one listens to me. I, I don't know why. I'm right over all the time. And the big ending, the big, big ending, the best part of my, my monologue, round two, game two, to the island. All right, so let's see what they do Thursday night, Gordon. It'll be interesting. Charlie's in Woodside. What's up, Charlie? You're next on 98.7. Hello? Yeah. Hey, Charlie. We're here. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, great, Larry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, uh, oh, for, uh, first of all, stop it with that. Nothing makes it the other team. Enough. Second, here comes the second round. The Islanders? The you don't want to talk about the Islanders anymore? No, 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 the Islanders. Islanders are oh. great, great. The I'm talking about the other. No, no, no. I'm talking about the other team, not the Knicks, the basketball team, the other team. Nobody oh, cares. There's a second round exit coming up, coming up. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, you can sorry. hate the Nets. You, you can't they, tell me that they're. Stop. I mean, that's just silly. If they don't eh, matter, whatever. you can't you can't be rooting against them that hard if they don't matter. If they don't matter, don't worry about them. Okay, uh, whatever. But uh, the Yankees, I mean, did they just really win this game? I feel like this team really don't deserve to win that game. I mean, Please, I'm, not, like I'm not giving up any, any of these wins. I don't care if they I deserve mean, to win I'm, them or not. I'm taking I mean, it. I mean, I mean, I mean, Clint Frazier, Clint Frazier, there's a couple things, a couple things. Clint Frazier. Uh, yes, he hit a home run. Of course, the catch that's going mean, to save the I mean, game. But the problem with Clint Frazier this season so far watching it is like he'd make one step forward and go like not a two-step backwards. No, 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 no. Four or five steps backwards. Can can keep Clint Frazier like this whole entire home thing? Can we give me some like big hits like that, like consistent hitting? And stop it. Stop it. I mean, I don't know if you guys seen the broadcast. Mike, for forget about it. he stinks. Yeah, he struck out three times. He should not be on the field. Oh, look at the pay. He's not even pay attention. Like from the when the throwing from what was that from from Harmon was that, I mean, a pickoff at uh, first base. They forget how many outs there outs there are. Enough. You're wasting. And what is that valuable one roster a spot for that garbage? Get rid of it. Enough is enough. I mean, Andrew Horst, that's Andrew Horst hitting in the last, like, what, 12-something game? Get rid of it. I cannot stand it. I can't stand it. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, congratulations, Tyler Glass, now, because I'm coming into this game, I'm going to tell you, the Yankees essentially play with nine, eight, eight, eight hitters because the the, 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 the nine hitter is an automatic out. Forget, forget. When he comes to the play, he's an out. He's already out. Before he comes to the play, he was an out already. I hear what you're saying, because, Charlie, but, but listen, my friend, and thanks for the phone call. Tonight is not the night for you to pick on Clint Frazier. He gave you a, a walk-off home run. Let me, Larry. When, 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 you, when, you, when, you, when you've lost four in a row, yes. including three to the Tigers, you can't you can't criticize no. Clint Frazier tonight. Tomorrow, no. maybe. Plus, well, he made a diving catch to save a run early absolutely. in the game. He had a huge game tonight. Huge game. Let me ask you this, Larry. Yes. Life on the line. Yes. Clint Frazier in the lineup tomorrow? 
think he's got a day off, Gordon. He needs a rest, right? <laughs> I think he ran around those off. bases. That was exhilarating. I, that burns your system out. I, I think I think he tweaked an oblique diving. Oh my God! I mean, if he is not in the lineup tomorrow, Larry, I, it's almost like I'm predicting. It's almost like I'm expecting it, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Ford will be there though. Mike we'll Ford will be sure. there first. Yeah, base. we got Mike Ford at first. Don't worry, That's he'll be no back in fifth again. He, he he's consistent. Gordon, he doesn't need he days off. He is consistent. You're right. He is. He, <laughs> he is consistent. Need Larry. You're right. He's solid. Yeah. He's solid. good. Yep. Solid. Go. We don't need him. That's it. <sighs> Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry Gordon. Got to mention uh, Mark Eaton's passing. You remember him, of course, yes, fellas, of right? Course. Mark Eaton. Center with the Jazz. Yep. Yeah. 64. You know, 64, he was riding his bike up in Utah, and they got hit. You know, he was defensive player of the year twice in the mm-hmm. NBA, twice. Yeah. With, you know, he played with Stockton and Malone for 11 seasons. He was, he was uh, you know, the third wheel on that team. He walked on to UCLA after junior college, didn't play much, and got drafted. Frank Layton discovered him from Utah, and uh, he got his advice about defending the basket against what, Will Chamberlain. Will gave him some advice. He, he was uh, all-defensive team five times, this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember him as being one of the first players, I think, that was way bigger than 740. He was 74, that could actually play a little bit. You know, he was like Yao that, Ming Richard. way before, 20 years before Yao Ming. Yeah, it's funny he you say that. There, right? they, they had a picture of him. Him and uh, Rudy Gobert struck up a friendship over cycling. And they had a picture of Rudy Gobert standing next to him. And Rudy Gobert looks small standing next to uh, standing Mark next Eaton. to Mark Eaton. Yeah. He, I mean, he was just a... Yeah, he, he was a, a funny kind of guy, Gordon, because he obviously couldn't score. He had no offensive ability, you know, just except for putbacks and all. Right. But defensively, he was very coordinated. He really was a presence. He was a shot blocker. He was a... Def- and not only just a shot... He, a whole, I think his re- he's got the record for shot blocks per game. He still holds that record, like three and a half per game or something, or, uh, for a season. So he was really a force defensively and shot blocking and with rebounding. He was a good player, good player. Uh, he was more than a serviceable player in the NBA that, at that time. Just a good memory of him. Fellas, always a pleasure. Thank you, All guys. Right, Richard. Thanks for checking in. Chris is yeah, in Long he, Island. He led, the, he led the league in block shots four times. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a solid defensive player, and he yeah. was a mountain. You couldn't move him. Yeah, I mean, he was huge. And he, he wasn't was sprinting up and huge. down the court either, Gordon. <laughs> no, no, he was not. He but he didn't not. have to. Nope. He didn't have to. And listen, with Stockton and Malone, he, he, he wasn't right. getting a lot of points either. He knew his role, right? Yep. <laughs> That's right. It's smart. Smart. Hey, Chris in Long Island, you're next on 98.7. Oh, boys, boys. I just want to say, first of all, love the two of you. What a dynamic duo. Oh, thanks, uh, but thanks, for, 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 for a question for the two of you, how does Julius Randle not take John Collins on the low block every play? At this point, like they're losing. There's no they, the Knicks don't really have a, a an advantage at any other position other than Julius Randle versus John Collins. I personally think John Collins might be one of the worst power forwards in the NBA. What an overrated player! Randall beats him in literally every category. How does he, I know they're losing? How do because you Capella's standing right the next to him. Look. Yeah, because Capella's that, standing right down there, there, and he knows that he's going to get a shot blocked every time he does. Okay, that's when you, you get double team. You take it right out. Yeah, and nobody's how hitting. Do not, how do you not? <laughs> yeah, nobody's hitting though. That's a that's I, the issue, Chris. I, I, I mean, you I, got I, it. I do think that. Ju- you think Julius? Is, I I get it. It's, an, it's a lost start, but how, I think he does not post up John Collins. 
nearly as much as he should. I would be asking for, and I'm not, I'm no good at basketball, but I would be saying, please give me the ball every play. I have this guy. This guy is putting all the candle to Randall. And that's not my Knicks bias. I just, you know, look at John Collins, wide open threes, he misses. He doesn't have a great low post game. He's, and mid range is fairly solid. He's a solid rebounder. But I mean, for, for, for Randall to not time, it's like that matchup every play. I, I know he has Capella there, but I, I, I personally do not see it happening enough that he does not say, give me the ball when John Collins is covering me. It's a clear mismatch. Well, that's why, Chris, and thanks for the phone call, that's what happened during the regular season when he mm-hmm. averaged 30 a game versus yep. Atlanta. That's why Nate McMillan said, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. no. That again. Then, no. Right. Number There's one other thing we're taking away is we're not letting Randall run roughshod over us down the lane. That's right. That's the way, and and that's why the Knicks are in the situation they're in. Because when he has passed it out, players like Bullock has missed shots. Burks, aside from the second half mm-hmm. of yep. Game Two, has yep. missed shots. Nobody's been the same except Derrick Rose. And even the second half, Derrick Rose wasn't the same in the last game. So, yeah. you know that that's the issue here. And the, the Knicks need to find somebody else that's hot. And Barrett gave them a little, you know, a little sign, some little signs bit. of life. Yep. You know, but but you know he he always has these bad first halves, Gordon. And sometimes you need to start out strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, he's 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 a second half player, but sometimes I need you in the first half. I'm down right. I'm down 15 in the second half. Where were you in the first half? Yeah, and he's 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 doing stuff in the in the second half, but nobody else is doing anything. And then and then the the, the Hawks are able to just kind of run rough shot over them in that the third quarters of these games. So. Uh, for Julius, I do think it's important that he gets off to a, a better start. And I would have liked to seen, I think it was game three, he sat Randall for a good stretch of the fourth quarter. And I felt mm-hmm. like that was an opportunity. You know what? You're losing this game anyway. Get mm-hmm. him out there. Yep. Let him take some shots. Let him start feeling his rhythm and, and get out of his own head. And I think that that's part of the, the problem is that he's been in his own head here yeah. and is kind of psyched out in the series. And I know coming in, everybody said, well, you know, it's his first playoff experience. His first playoff experience could not have gone worse so far. No, no. His first, right now, his first playoff experience has been a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but once again, he's got a chance to change the narrative, Absolutely. Gordon. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.